The topic today is sound doctrine, which on the surface to many people probably sounds very boring. And there's a problem with sound doctrine in our culture today, in our church culture, because almost always sound doctrine equates to what you believe. Mm -hmm. And that's all that people think of, is believing the right things. Making sure you have the right answers. Yes. But as we are going to see, there is much more to sound doctrine biblically than simply believing the right things. Indeed. I will begin by reading a passage from Titus chapter 2, and then we will look also at a passage from 1 Timothy. So, I'm going to read think the whole second chapter of Titus. So he says, and this is written by Paul, so this is a, a letter from Paul to Titus. Um, he says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, so that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. So the thing that we wanted to highlight from this passage is that Paul begins this second chapter in Titus by saying that he wants Titus to teach what accords with sound doctrine. And then he goes on to list a bunch of behaviors for these different groups of people. So he says older men, older women, younger men, younger women, and then bond servants, which we could in some way equate to uh, employees today. Um, but everything that he says is how these people are to behave. Uh, and really none of it is what these people are to believe. Uh, in the end, he does talk about how, for the grace of God has appeared, so he ties it back with the grace of God and with Jesus. Jesus is appearing to come and to die for our sin and to redeem us. But even that grace, he says, it, it trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So it is, it's pretty clear, even from this passage, that when Paul says sound doctrine, he isn't just referring to having the right answers, but to living living in a way that, like he says here, that adorns the doctrine of God. Meaning that 
it makes the teaching of Jesus and the teaching of God look beautiful, look attractive to people on the outside, to unbelievers. Uh, that, that's what sound doctrine should do. It should make us live lives. It should drive us to live lives that make the way of Jesus attractive because people see the way that we're living, that we're honest people, that we're humble people, that we're loving people, that we're caring uh, people. And when they see that, they'll see that the way of Jesus is attractive and they'll be attracted to it. Uh, not just that we are mean people, unloving, but that we have the right answers, but that we really know the truth, and because of that, we are living this out uh, in a way that that follows the example that Jesus gave to us. I think that there are many subjects in Scripture that have two sides, and we often see only one side of a two-sided truth. And wherever that happens, it guarantees that the person doing that is going to be unbalanced. Sound doctrine is just one of those many two-sided truths. Sound doctrine does include right beliefs, but no more than it includes right behaviors. Mm -hmm. If we don't get those two together, we will not have sound doctrine. But there are many, many people who go to church all their lives, even teach Bible classes. And they think they have sound doctrine. because, And they may be teaching the right things. But they're not behaving in a way that adorns the doctrine of God. Yeah. And they're not helping other people learn to behave in ways that adorn the doctrine of God. And therefore, they do not have sound doctrine. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I heard a story. Uh, it was actually from a some professor or somebody working for Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And this was at one of their Founders Week conferences. Uh, this, uh, he was a, uh, he was a black man and he was, very very humble and very genuine servant of God uh, as far as I could tell from listening to him uh, this man described an experience that he had at a large conference where there was a lot of theological teaching uh, this was the kind of conference that a new believer would go to and feel like they understood nothing and got nothing out of it this was the kind of conference that well-educated people uh, would attend people well-educated in theological things and uh, having a good understanding of the Bible in general. Uh, and I don't remember the number of people, but I would guess that there was maybe a hundred people at this conference, and many of whom were were pastors or respected teachers. Uh, and what this man described, he described his experience. He said that for the first half of the first of the of this day of this conference, uh, they had multiple people coming up and standing up and giving messages where they, they made sure to cross every T and dot every I theologically. Everything they said was perfectly spot on to the Word of God. Everything was exactly accurate. All of their theology was true. And, and in their eyes, that constituted sound doctrine. However, uh, when they had broken out for lunch uh, that same day during that conference, uh, while people were getting their food and sitting down and, and just talking with each other, discussing these topics with each other, 
a woman uh, entered who was very uh, promiscuously dressed, uh, and there was, um, her dress gave her way as probably a prostitute coming in off of the street. Uh, and she started, as she started to make her way down uh, towards where the food was, I think, walking down the center of where all the tables were, one of the leaders of this conference actually stood up from his table and walked towards her like this, telling her, no, we, we do not want you here. We are not here to feed uh, people who are hungry. Uh, we would rather have you go back out uh, into whatever it was that you just came from. And then everybody went back to their lunch, and then later that day they finished their conference. Uh, again, had some great speakers, came up and spoke, expounded on the Word of God, on great theological topics, made sure to cross every D and dot every, cross every T and dot every I, uh, and just everything they, they were saying was exactly spot on. And then everybody went home after that. And this man that I was listening to sharing the story, as he reflected on that later, he said that he came to realize that that was the most unholy thing he has ever witnessed in his entire life. And this, this was a group of men who would consider themselves to be pursuing holiness. This is a group of men who would be considering themselves to be very well educated in the scripture because they are. Uh, and to, these are people who would consider themselves to have sound doctrine. Um, and when it comes to, to teaching, they do. Uh, but when it comes to what the Bible talks about as sound doctrine, they certainly did not. Because they would have never rejected that woman coming into there. They would have never, never kicked her out the way they did if they truly had sound doctrine as the Bible describes it. Um, and having said that, I would like to read a passage from 1 Timothy uh, that that to me kind of wraps up in a nutshell how we can tell if something is sound doctrine or if it is not. This is 1 Timothy 1 verses 8 through 11. So Paul says, Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. And the, the phrase that I see there that is kind of a catch-all phrase for how we can determine whether something is sound doctrine or not is that phrase the sound doctrine that is in accordance with the gospel. Um, and and when, when, he, when Paul says that, I believe that he means set, like teaching that is in accordance with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. Um, and what, what we see in the gospel, what we see in Jesus, is Jesus laying down his life for his enemies. The, the very ones who were crucifying him were the ones that he was coming to die for. And he even said on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Um, and we, we see in Jesus a complete denial of self to even to let himself be crucified. He wasn't forcefully crucified, but he willingly laid down his life to be crucified. Uh, we see in Jesus on the cross, we see him trusting fully in God. We see him completely 
entrusting himself to his creator, as it says in First Peter. Um, and so all, all of that, everything that we see in, in Christ on the cross, that is sound doctrine. Everything that we see there, the unconditional love, the denial of self, and, and the trust in God, that, that is sound doctrine. And so when, when somebody teaches anything, when anybody teaches anything that would lead somebody to not love their enemies like Jesus did when he died on the cross, or to, that would lead to self-indulgence instead of, instead of self-denial, um, or that would lead to trusting in something other than God, like trusting in themselves or trusting in their money or whatever it is, all of that, even though it might appear to be teaching from the Bible from this, on the surface, we see that the fruit of it is not sound. What, what it leads to is, is a life that does not well represent Christ and Him crucified. Uh, and so I, I, would, I think that the Bible teaches us that we need to be very aware of what we're teaching and what it is that our teaching is leading to, uh, and that we can actually examine the fruits of our teaching and see whether it is actually sound or not. Um, I think that is a very significant part of examining whether we have sound doctrine or if we don't have sound doctrine. I would very much agree and <clears throat> I think it's really worthwhile noting that the severest indictment that I know of in Scripture against the lack of sound doctrine as with the emphasis here on the second side of sound doctrine being sound behavior, the, the most awful judgment of that kind of lack of sound doctrine is found in Matthew 25, the judgment scene depicted by Jesus separating the sheep from the goats. The goats are those who have failed to love. They have failed to care for the poor. They have failed to feed the hungry. They have failed to visit those in prison. Mm -hmm. They have failed to care for the sick. And Jesus is using those as the basis of judgment. In this context of sound doctrine, we could just as accurately say the goats did not have sound doctrine. That's why they were condemned. The sheep did have sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. So they were not condemned. They were yeah. accepted. That really makes sound doctrine incredibly important. Amen. Yeah, if our teaching is not leading us to live as the sheep were living in that parable, we need to very seriously question whether our doctrine is actually sound. And another thing I wanted to point out about that word sound itself uh, is that in the Greek that word could mean either sound or it could mean healthy, um, which really having a sound body means having a healthy body, having a sound mind means having a healthy mind. So having sound doctrine means having healthy doctrine. And we know that to be healthy, that means to be balanced, to be well balanced. Uh, and so we, when we apply that to doctrine, to have, to have sound doctrine uh, is to have healthy, well balanced doctrine um, that, that keeps us away from the extremes of legalism or the extremes of uh, licentiousness, uh, like to to avoid those extremes uh, is a part of having the balance 
of what I believe is called, what we believe and what the Bible teaches is, is actually sound doctrine. Um, and as, as Don said, it really is, this is really the second side of a two-sided coin because the reason that we live out sound doctrine is because Christ gave himself for us. And as Paul says in Corinthians, like we, um, trying to blank on how it says it. Um, you know the passage? Yeah, maybe I can find it. Um, I see this same balance point in Galatians, especially Galatians 5. Paul is writing to the Galatians uh, primarily to warn about the danger of legalism because there are Judaizers in their midst who want to take the church back under the old law and require people to be circumcised and to follow the law of Moses uh, in order to be a Christian. <clears throat> and Paul is saying, no, 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 this is completely wrong. <clears throat> but in that same chapter... He also warns against licentiousness, which mm -hmm. is the opposite side, the, 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 the sins of the flesh, um, that this also is completely going astray. Mm -hmm. So sound doctrine in the context of what Paul is developing in writing to the Galatians, uh, he puts in capsule form in Galatians 5, 6, where he says that, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters at all. What matters is faith working through love. Mm -hmm. So he takes three basic strands of God's word, faith and good works and love, and ties them all together as a threefold cord. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters, faith working through love. So if, if our sound doctrine is leading us to develop the kind of faith that works through love and so that we behave like the sheep of Matthew 25, then we have sound doctrine. If our so-called sound doctrine is leading us to act like the goats instead of the sheep, we don't have sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that passage that I had forgotten earlier. Uh, it is Second Corinthians 5.15. It says, uh, I guess 5.14 and 15 actually, For the love of Christ compels us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, so that those who, who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So our, our sound doctrine in regards to behavior is rooted in, in the reality that Christ died for us and so therefore we lay down our lives for him and follow him and the example that he left for us um, but at the same time there are many people that believe at least in their head that Christ died for them and yet they are not laying down their life for him and so we just wanted to uh, bring up this topic um, to as a as a challenge um, to those people and or churches uh, that are convinced that they are teaching sound doctrine because they can answer the questions correctly uh, and yet are not living it out, not serving the poor, not caring um, for the weak, not loving their enemies, all of those kinds of things. So, um, yeah. Yep. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>